Well, as we move into today's message, I just want to remind us that two weeks ago we talked about kindness. And when we talked about kindness, I invited you to think about the words that you might associate with God. And I put a couple out there. We might associate God with His holiness, with His righteousness, with His power, with His might. But as the scripture tells us well over 250 times, one of the words that God has revealed for us to know Him, to associate with God, is of course His said, His steadfast loving kindness. Amen, friends? It's that kindness of God toward us that is our invitation to live into this fruit of kindness. Let me do the same thing. What are some words that we might associate with Jesus? I will offer up a couple. When I think of Jesus, I think of actually often a lot of titles. I think of Lord, Jesus. I've named you as my Lord. I want to surrender my whole life to you, Jesus. I think of Jesus as my Savior. He has saved me by his grace. I think of Jesus as a miracle worker. Uh, he just did wonderful acts uh, to demonstrate God's power at work in the world through him. The kingdom of God was near in him. So we have all these words that we might associate with Jesus. But wonderfully, in this one story that we have in the scriptures, Jesus kind of gives us a bit of an autobiographical note to his life. Praise be to God that he has revealed for us really what he's going to tell us is his heart, the depth of his heart and who he has revealed himself to be towards us. So before I read this passage, that it might land with some power and impact, I invite you to kind of picture maybe a scene from whenever you were a kid, you know, a friend, and that friend stood beside and said,
rank and order something, there's going to be a number one and there's going to be a number 30 if you have 30 things. Um, but it did show that as you go down the list of things that we prioritize, that we emphasize, that we're all about as Christians, gentleness seems to be getting lost. A few weeks ago, I anecdotally shared one of my observations just of life and faith and doing this walk with Jesus. I think that we are very dismissive Thank you. 
then, yes, you know it. All right, you're, all right, you're, you're, all right, you're all right. We're vibing. We're, 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 we're meshing here, whatever the thing is called. Yes, I was raised to be a big gentry man. And so I was like, where did that even come from? Boy, there's a whole lot there on the gentry class in the, in, in the Middle Ages and, and, and coming up into modern times. I won't even bug you all that, but here was the key that I, that I learned. The gentry class of being a gentleman was a bit of that transition from sort of life being opposed on you Demonstrated for us to 
found a baby raccoon on the golf course and he brought it home. And we had the great idea as a family, we are going to domesticate this raccoon. So we built this fun little wooden cage and I got the chicken wire and we put this baby raccoon in there. And early on, I will say the raccoon was kind of sweet and kind of nice, but he didn't stay sweet and <laughs> nice. With each passing day, he got a little bit more ornery. He got a little, little bit less
gentle word than Jacob. How easy it would have been for him to engage in a theological debate about the law of Moses. How easy it would have been for him to stand there and accuse them, well, where's the man who was caught in adultery? How easy it would have been for Jesus to go into debate mode on who has the true understanding of the will of God and what should be done. But Jesus enacts that wisdom of the Proverbs right there. He lets them get all worked up. He, he doesn't let that affect his heart, doesn't let that affect, affect his mind. He just stoops down, starts to doodle in the, in the sand. People have used what he was writing about for, for centuries now, of course. Right when there's sort of that like froth of anger, he just straightens up, says that most gentle word, okay, whoever's without sin, go ahead, be the first one to condemn her stoops down again. I mean, what a beautiful story of enacting the wisdom of a gentle heart. Notice how he was gentle towards the accusers. Notice he was gentle towards this crowd that is even trying to trap him, trying to condemn him, trying to conspiring against him. He is gentle towards them, and he is gentle towards this woman. He's gentle, but he's also firm. He doesn't just completely let her off without, uh, you know, a, li a, a little chastising. Neither do I condemn you, but go and leave your life of sin. He's not without justice. He's not without mercy. He just weds this gentleness. And this has been Jesus' stance towards us, this revelation of his heart that he is gentle and humble, perfectly matches with this life and ministry of Jesus Christ. The great God of the universe comes to us in the most gentle and vulnerable form imaginable. Just like I was struck with the need to be gentle whenever I became a father, Jesus became an infant who had to be himself handled, loved, cared for, oh so gently. Jesus' ministry then demonstrates this gentleness, how gently he comes to seek and to save the lost, how gently he invites sinners to follow him, how gently he would reach out his hand and touch the sick and touch the blind, touch the needy, how gently he would interact with all those who would follow him as their Savior and their Lord. I love how gently even Jesus rises from the grave on Easter morning. We think about it as such a powerful act, and it is indeed such a powerful act, but then is the risen Jesus Christ, who would be terrifying, of course. I mean, it would be terrifying to see somebody who's rose from the dead and comes back to you. What is his first words to his disciples? And every time he approaches his disciples, he knows, he reads the room, right? He gets what's happening. They're like, what is going to happen? I mean, is he going to zap us? Is he going to drop us dead? Is he going to, you know, erupt in light and power? What does he say? He says, peace. Peace, my people, how gentle. To all of those who abandoned, betrayed, who doubted him, Thomas, doubts. He isn't there on that first day. A week later, Jesus appears. And what does he say? Thomas, reach out your hand. Touch, touch my hands where the nails pierce them. Touch my side where the sin pierced me. Peter, who denied Jesus, he appears on the shore, calls Peter to him. And he doesn't chastise him. He doesn't berate him. He doesn't belittle him. Peter, do you love me? in this world and in these opportunities that we have to make 
wise influence, to be leaders in all areas and all of creation. Yes, we can pursue life. Yes, we can pursue liberty. Yes, we can pursue happiness. Yes, these are all wonderful things to hold in our lives, but we need to elevate again in a, in a world that's just getting meaner. <laughs> and I, and I, I, don't, I don't have a more profound way of saying it. It's just that everybody seems to be getting meaner <laughs> all the time. Can we elevate and lift up gentleness in the body of Christ? I'll begin to close, close with this. I, I joke about, this is another joke that I, I, I make often. Um, you know, I, I said that everything I learned about being a man, I, I learned from Conan the Barbarian. This, this is my confession. This is my admission in life. I loved that movie. I loved those books when I was a kid. I mean, but what kid isn't? I mean, just this giant guy running around this board. And I've joked about saying, you know, like everything I learned about being a man, I, I, learned, I learned from this, this Conan. What was Conan's motto for life? To crush your enemies, to see them driven from the land before you, and to hear the lamentations of the women. Thanks be to God, I didn't actually model my life after Conan the Barbarian because through Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't have to be barbarians anymore, right? We don't have to see others as our enemies. We don't have to drive them from the land before us. We don't have to relish in the weeping and the lamentations of the women. But because of the gentleness of Jesus Christ, we can actually say, you know what? Actually, you're not my enemy because I love you. And when you love somebody, they cease to be your enemy. You cease to drive them from the land before you. When you love somebody, they become your neighbor. When, when you're not driving people from the land before you, when, when, whenever they're, they're your neighbor, you become a part of the family. You begin to treat them gently like you would treat your own Instead of relishing in the lamentations of the women, you relish in the celebrations of joy and embrace and laughter and love. We don't have to live like barbarians because of Jesus, but we can embrace the virtue and value of gentleness with one another in the body of Christ. I invite the band to come forward, then and get ready to lead us in a little bit of worship to take us out as we reflect upon this virtue, this characteristic of the fruit gentleness. There's another passage that keeps reappearing over and over again in the series, uh, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 6. And that's the one that we talked about the second week, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice, right? What's the very next phrase in that? Let your gentleness. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident I love how Paul just connects that immediately. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. When the Lord is near to us, we can be gentle. And that, again, is the evidence of his presence with us. When the Lord is near, gentleness rises up. I did have a friend who was a dear woman. This is, this is years ago, years and years ago, Robin reminded me of this. She was just an incredibly gentle woman. I, it, it, again, we should all have role models for each one of these. I think
think there's nothing wrong with kind of having one of these elevated in our lives and letting that person be a bit of a role model for us. And I've shared some of my role models. This woman was just a gentle, a gentle woman, a beautifully gentle woman. And then the one day we were sitting there and, her, and, and, and we were doing some work and there's a computer there and her screensaver popped up, you know, like that, one, that sleep mode. And her screensaver was, of course, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident we even made the comment we said why do you need that reminder you are like the most gentle person we've ever met and she just said oh not always <laughs> it hasn't always been that way i had a couple of experiences in life where my angry words did not turn us away in wrath and i learned the value i learned the virtue sister who really needs to nurture that gentle spirit. I pray they will